0: Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk,
1: and... Me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And Will, it's
0: just a week today, a
1: big How, day. Are you, are you excited? I'm very excited, yeah, I do get into
0: Christmas. Um, Have you I, got everything? Um, I haven't, not really, no, I'm not very good with the shopping, I'm a bit behind. I think I will just make everybody... An individual track by track podcast on their favourite album.
1: Oh, that's quite
0: cheap. <laughs> I was hoping you might be able to edit them all together.
1: Oh, no, no change there then. <laughs> I got your turkey. I'm, I am a vegetarian. Got your vegetables? Uh, sprouts. Um, got your stuffing? Uh,
0: yes, and my nut roast.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: How about you? Uh,
1: haven't got the turkey yet. No. And are uh, you a, a leg or a breast man? Uh, like a bit of both. So, we're here a week before Christmas uh, to talk about another one of our albums of the year. Yes, album number three of the year. In no particular order, we should. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Django
0: Django. We, I think we're both a big fan of this band. We're both very excited for this album to come out. Uh, it had been a couple of years, hadn't it, since album number two. Most certainly did not disappoint for me, and I don't
1: think it did for you either. It was excellent, and I think a little bit more mainstream yeah. this, this, this time round for them. Uh, and they've certainly, I'm sure we were going to men- reference it sooner or later, but we went to that fantastic gig at Printworks. Printworks, what a night. What a venue. What a venue. It's spectacular. Mm. Uh, it felt like I was at the industrial zone from the Crystal Maze. Oh, wonderful. And that's not a bad thing. So this, uh, Marble Skies, is the album we're going to discuss today. It's Django Django's third album. It was released in back in January, 26th of January.
0: Nearly of a year old.
1: Year. Yeah, very nearly a year old. I'm st- I don't know about you, but I'm still listening to... regularly still listen to tracks from it.
0: Yes, and I know exactly which is your favourite track on it. We will get to it. We, will we won't get mention it, it now. And I would imagine, because of how enthusiastic
1: you were about it throughout the year, I would imagine it's one of your... certainly top five tracks of the year. Well, it is one of my songs of the year. And I always, at this time in December, I always put together a playlist of my top tracks. And just the playlist is called whatever the year is called. And it's one of my Christmas routines is that... I'd always listen to it when I'm on the train going back to see my family before Christmas. That's lovely. Yeah.
0: I find it very difficult to not listen to Christmas songs at this time of year, I feel like, because you, you can only listen to them really for this month and maybe a bit of November. Um, I, I I get that sense after Christmas that I miss listening to Christmas songs, so I have to really squeeze, it, squeeze them dry. Is that a phrase? Suck them dry. <laughs> yes. Um... Like a lovely juicy Valencia orange Oh my word, my mouth's watering <laughs> So yeah, so I, I'll probably be listening to my album, my tracks of the year um, just after
1: Christmas actually Well it can be quite a barren time for new music post Christmas because everybody shoots their load through December and November in that all important sales sales quarter um, and then things quieten down a little bit into January Yes, and the
0: charts were very interesting Well I don't, I have no idea what the charts look like right now but a few years ago the charts were very interesting weren't they after Christmas because things wouldn't move as much as they would do for the rest of the year because people like you say weren't releasing new singles what is interesting a bit more now with streaming and downloading is that uh Mariah Carey and Band-Aid kind of creep up the charts throughout November and December and then in January they drop
1: 100 places don't they and it'll be interesting to see, maybe not today's episode, because we don't want to get... We've got a good couple of episodes of Christmas songs and music coming up. Yes. There's a spoiler there, but of, uh, it's, it's happening. A couple of gifts for the festive um, season. So, but it would be interesting to see what, a week before Christmas, the charts are looking like, because I bet Mariah Carey is definitely in the top five.
0: Yes, and I read um, recently that Band-Aid was back in the top 20 or something like that. But that was great because that's raising money for charity, so...
1: I wonder where... I wonder if uh, Have a Cheeky Christmas has crept back in. Well, you've been playing it on Starved, I'm sure that's... And <laughs> not just <laughs> at Christmas. Also, what's the other one you
0: like? The uh, Last catch-up Christmas remix.
1: With the sleigh bells jingling over yes. the top. So, I guess before we go any further, maybe just a little bit for the uninitiated about Django Django as a group. Um, they were originally formed and met uh, in Edinburgh when they were at college together, now living in London, and they've been together since 2009. So... The big ten years next year. Ten years next year. We could
0: have saved this till then. And lads, if you're listening, we'd love to get the uh, the inside knowledge. So please do come and join us at Track by Track Towers.
1: As I have to say, since the release of the Share episode, we've had some brilliant um, inside knowledge from one of the producers uh, of of Believe about what it was like recording at the time. Yeah,
0: which was uh, yeah, really great to hear. And it would be great to get that from every episode, really, wouldn't it? So we're going to try and arrange um, a prison call with Phil Spector for an... Oh, spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> he went to prison. Oh. He was out of time. <laughs> I actually meant that we might be covering his album. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but if you are reading up on Phil Spector's life story and you haven't got to the present day... Um... He went to prison. And his hair is terrible. you probably to shave all that off. Oh, just... Yes, I think you might have had to, actually. He's bald as a coot. <laughs> Well, you could say he's aboard as a marble, which leads nicely into this first track.
1: Actually, <laughs> let's let's yeah, let's dive in. So, uh, track number one uh, on Marble Skies is Marble Four Skies. Five.
0: Jango really know how to start an album.
1: Such an epic start that track, isn't it? it and is. it's so many different things uh, through the space of four and a half minutes.
0: Yeah, we spoke before how they're they're very different to the other our other three albums of the year or the two albums of the year, I should say. Um, and I think you could find similarities between them and Franz Ferdinand in certain areas, but actually, this song, I hear some surf rock in there. I hear some. Dance sort of LCD sound system sort of stuff going on. Here's some. It's just a real, real eclectic mix, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you're, it's it's rocky. It's synthesised. It's it's almost a bit ex- experimental as well. I mean, I don't know how how do they where do they fall in terms of styles? Because it's almost like an experimental dance pop rock.
0: Yeah. Um, we mentioned before. I think they met at the art school. Art school, yeah. yeah. And it does. They do sound like an art school band. Um, last week, I talked. I mentioned math rock, which is a weird offshoot. There's so many genres of genres, aren't there? So many offshoots. And that's one that I heard somebody or read somebody describe Django Django as math rock. And I can kind of I said it last week with Francis Ferdinand. I can kind of hear what they mean by that. It's um, it must be. You must have to be quite formulaic to put these tracks together I think that's where it comes from
1: and it's yes yeah, it's probably a lot about beats and numbers and bars and yeah clubs
0: you just see Carol Vorderman there with a marker and a whiteboard trying to help them along
1: it's, it's funny isn't it we were talking about Cher the last couple of weeks before oh. last week and how like Cher looks younger now than she did she did years ago in mm. the eighties. And I always think when I see Carol Vorderman if you look at a picture of her in count- on Countdown in the, like, the late eighties, she's got like a big powered suit dress, yeah. massive glasses on, and permed hair. So now she's much more. She looks more fashionable, yeah. younger. And she did share on Stars in Their Eyes. Did she? Yes.
0: Um, oh, hang on. Have I made that up? I don't think so. But yes, a lot of people, like Lorraine Kelly as well, she used to look like the Grim Reaper was looking over her shoulder back in the 80s,
1: but now look at her, she's... Speaking of stars in their eyes, I discovered, stumbled across on Twitter, uh, the there was a, it was a stars in their eyes Christmas special, mm. and they did Do They Know It's Christmas, yeah. and they obviously invited back a lot of previous... Stars. So it had nothing a, to do with Band Aid. No, no, not at all. Not cha- charitably infili- affiliated in any way. Mm. But it was such a strange thing. It's hilarious. You really have to see it to believe it. It's gobsmacking.
0: Yeah, what it's like. A bit like the white Greek woman who did Stevie Wonder on their version of Stars in Their Eyes. Have you seen this?
1: Yes. But the Stars in Their Eyes. Uh, do they know it's Christmas? Look it up on Twitter. Or not Twitter or on YouTube even, and you will not you will not be able to control yourself. Uh, it's strange, but it's hilarious. Yes. So track two is surface to air. Surface to Air featuring self esteem. Dan, what do you know of self esteem? Not much, I'm afraid. I'm
0: quite shy and unsure of myself. The singer. Yes. So, self esteem is Rebecca Taylor. She was previously one half of Slow Club and she has since gone on to uh, create this solo career. And Django Django's Dave McLean actually has produced some of her work. So, I guess that's where that relationship. Came they're from. family. They're f-
1: In the musical world, well, they lo- family.
0: really love the way to put it, actually. Now, if I would have heard this song before knowing it was Django Django and you would have given me 100 guesses, I would not have guessed that this was Django Django. Very different sound, isn't it? Dancehall springs to mind. Dancehall, absolutely. But it's, I think it's the fact that, obviously, self-esteem is a featuring artist, but there are none of those Django Django harmonies that are quintessentially unanimous with their work. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on this song?
1: Uh, it's a great choice for a second track to have something completely different, and not just on the album, but for the, for the group themselves to do something different. Have a featured artist on the track as well, which is something they haven't done, to the best of my knowledge, they haven't done before. I don't believe so. No, it's for, yeah, certainly the first time I might know of it. And it's a little bit more low key as well, but I just like the kind of hop and beat in the track.
0: Yeah, there's a few songs on this album actually that make me really make me think of summer. You mentioned dance hall then and I think that's a a genre that you would normally expect to hear outdoors with the sun beating down. I was lucky enough to hear this song live with self esteem as well at the All Points East Festival last year in London's Victoria Park, which was a fantastic day. Um It was a wonderful day. And live it was actually yeah, it was a wonderful experience.
1: Oh hang on, I wasn't actually there. <laughs>
0: I thought you were just <laughs> Um, assuring me, but I'm sure it was. It was a lovely day, I can, I can confirm it. So lovely, you didn't have a spare ticket. Unfortunately, it was a very popular event and, and
1: tickets were restricted. We'll draw a veil over that then. I think we probably should. Try three! And I expect you enjoyed some of this at your exclusive festival. It's champagne.
0: I'm afraid to say it wasn't champagne at the festival, just um, a bit of cider, probably. and Sparkling perry. Mmm. <laughs> baby sham. Oh, lovely. Well, it's the time of year, actually, isn't it?
1: For brandy and baby sham. Mm. Like Nanny used to have.
0: Well, you've got your um, your eggnog there, haven't you?
1: And you're having a Bailey's. It's Christmas. It's a pumpkin spice one. We digress. So, champagne there. Again, for the third track, something different yet again. I'd love the the keys in that track. Yeah, it was really, like an
0: organ. Yes, it really makes me think of Brian Wilson's work with. I was about to say the Pet Shop Boys, then, but no, with the Beach Boys <laughs> and uh, sort of solo projects and things like that as well. It's really got a. I've mentioned Surf Brock before. It does. This does feel like a bit of a beachy album, but also quite experimental. As Brian was, he was off his face on drugs. So I hope, hope the guys in Jango are on.
1: Meddling too much with that. No, uh, well, no. I mean, I'm, they have a good time, I'm sure. I do like that track. I do like the kind of low key, quite shoegazy nature of that song. I love as well, there's a really nice
0: melody that builds up to. I don't think there's really a very vivid chorus there, but there's a certainly. Or maybe it is the chorus, in fact. It's just what, one, one of those songs. The chorus. Yeah, it's one of those songs that just. For the most part, it simmers away and then you've just got this lovely little bit that, that bubbles in the middle. Oh,
1: like a lovely stew. Mm.
0: Again, vegetarian for me, please. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll just pick the meat out.
1: Uh, track four now, and things are hotting up with Tic-Tac-Toe.
0: Tic-Tac-Toe there, which I believe is American for Noughts and Crosses.
1: Yes, correct. It's probably one of my favourite tracks on the album. And one. this was
0: the first uh, the hint of new material that we heard. This was released as a single way back in October last year as the, the prelude to what was to come from Marble Skies. And I think if you were a Django Django fan and you heard this, it's unlikely you'd have been disappointed.
1: And I don't think either of us were. I Absolutely think it was a great yeah. taste of what was to come um, on quite an eclectic album. But this song, I think it's got the best of Django Django in. It's very unconventional. Uh, it's There's obviously like kind of American influences in there as well. Uh, and it's it's great fun as well.
0: It is. It's, there's something about their guitar in certain tracks and definitely on this one that's a little bit like a bit of a... A hillbilly or a hoedown or something like that which in fact you were certainly kicking about like a racehorse (laughs) uh, just before take off just before the starting gun was fired um but yes lots of fun the track was also accompanied by a very fun video which was filmed in their the sort of erratic i suppose um unorthodox style you'd expect from the band uh and parts of it filmed in hastings have you ever been to hastings I've never been to Hastings. Me neither, (laughs) I'm afraid to say, but I do know there was a bit of a fight there a few years ago. I'd love to go further, actually. What's next?
1: Well, track five is Further. Again, track, five tracks in, so halfway through the album now. and I don't think we've had any two tracks that sound very similar.
0: No, and we haven't had, as well, your opportunity to talk about the wonderful artwork, which often indicates that perhaps you haven't really felt as strongly about
1: it's, the track. It's coming up. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but this one, I love the the way it builds up kind of haunting sounds and backing um, music to Yeah it. I'd love to
0: know what goes into their recording and production process because there are so many it's one of those bands that if you listen to it if you really listen to it there are so much so many elements that you can pick up on particularly because obviously the synthesizers play a big part in in their recording and you hear the stories about people doing very strange things in the studio don't you? And I'm not talking about Substances or anything like that, but recording. Well, I, didn't, I didn't think you were for a minute. Sorry, and yeah, I'd love to see what a Django Django session looks like. Again, I'm talking about the recording
1: in the studio. And guys, we'd love to talk to you about that. Actually, not the drugs. No, how they're recording the thought process behind it. I think I've just had my appetite whetted after the 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 communication we had from one of Cher's producers. It was just some fascinating insights.
0: Do keep dropping that name, and not by his name either. (laughs) I really love the lyrics of this one. We haven't picked up on the lyrics yet. This song, Further, I believe is about, to me, what I take away from it is looking back at a time and a place that you aren't at anymore. So there's lyrics in this song uh, which go, Where's everybody gone? This used to be the place, drifted far, the path now I can change. If you could only see how it used to be, feel it rushing over diamond breeze took me back to, it's quite strange, isn't it, when you think about people that you used to see all the time. They were your best friends and your closest allies and the places you used to go on a regular basis. But if you suddenly now were with them in that place, it'd be awkward, I suppose. Well, extremely awkward. Mm. My friends and I used to get, I was thinking more, I don't know why, I got taken back to the Lytton Tree, which is one of those pub chains, I don't know if it was everywhere, but certainly around where I was. Mm, quite a sticky dance floor and there they'd play oh. just from the beer spill they'd play um, the, the the typical Friday and Saturday night tunes
1: your chart hits of the time the uh, cheesy yeah a combination
0: of the chart hits and then the I am the one and only and summer of 69 and all that stuff that I normally hate did but... they ever used
1: to play um, what was that song by Reef called Place Your Hands yeah that was always the regular down at down at the local like nightclub where I grew up. Yeah.
0: Was that released then?
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, this took
0: me back to there. And just this, this idea that if I went to the Lytton tree this this Friday, this very Friday. Mad Friday, actually, isn't it? This Friday. What um, you be
1: Mad Friday? The Friday before Christmas
0: Day is Mad Friday. Everyone goes out and gets absolutely off their faces. Of course,
1: because most people are finishing work.
0: Yeah. yeah. Not us. We're recording up until we've got episodes coming out. Can we have our ears? Yes, and coming into yours, listeners. <laughs> if I was t- if I was back there, tomorrow this Friday, with those people, and we did use to love them on Friday. Wouldn't know where to start with the conversation. Would feel uncomfortable. I've put a bit of holiday weight on. If this song came on, actually, I'd probably feel a little bit more relaxed, and I'd. It's not a. It's not a banger banger, is it? But I'd, I'd certainly loosen me up, and I'd be swaying my hips a little bit just as I probably was when or if they played it at All Points East. I can't quite remember the set list off the top of my head, I'm afraid.
1: Oh, it was another one of those Duran Duran, uh, New Order, Glastonbury experiences.
0: Well, no, I can
1: I can remember being at Django Django, which is a, a big difference. <laughs> OK, so now it's time for track six. Let's flip the record over. Turn your cassette over to track six, Sundial. Sundial. point to talk about the fantastic artwork on oh, this album. no, <laughs> no. Um, although we will come on to that. Very much more pared down. It's certainly uh, a more
0: somber moment, but I quite like that they use that to kick off side B of the album. If you are listening along on on vinyl, there or cassette. Yeah, and actually, it's probably the first real bit of breathing space we've had
1: since since we kicked off on track one. Well, Dan, I can tell you're struggling for things to say, so let's have a look at this artwork then. (laughs) And it's uh, quite a a deep white border, and inside it looks like a psychedelic moon skyscape with the sun shining and bright pink. Well, it looks like a marbled effect in the sky, basically. Well, I wonder why they've gone
0: for that. That's quite an abstract concept. I'm not quite sure why they would have done that. It's a lovely piece of piece of art, isn't it? It's a very nice piece of art. In fact, I wouldn't say no to that hanging in my hallway. I we say toilet then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very rude. It's very interesting that it's your least favourite track and knowing you like I do, I feel like a lame page and Barbara Dixon at the minute, but um, knowing you as so I do, I, I did, I could imagine why this is your least favourite track. What's interesting is that on the... Guardian's review of this album um, which they gave it four out of five this was one of their favourite tracks
1: The Guardian Oh, Can I just rewind though and it's had taken us how many weeks to mention Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon but thank goodness you did <laughs> Well done However it's time to move on It's time to move on, track number seven now uh, Beam Me Up Beam me up, Dan,
0: what do you think? It's a great song. It's unlike some of the other tracks on the album, and obviously we've just come on from Sundials as well, which is one of the slow moments. I like that it starts a little bit slower, and then it picks up into this really synth-heavy
1: thing. Um, Will? I, that's, it's one of my favourite ones again. It's, I've probably got three top tracks on the album. Mm. We've had two of them. Uh, I love the drum beat with the synth in it and the fact that it does starts very slow and builds and layers I think it's that kind of sound and the fusion that's what I like about Django Django and particularly Django Django on this album
0: I'd be interested to know actually did did you come into uh, appreciating Django Django from the off which is I think 2012 when the first album came out or was, uh, or oh, obviously the first single came out almost 10 years ago 2009 or was, did you get to know them a little bit later
1: later definitely through this album actually and a few choice tracks here and there mm. which we'll probably come on to to be further listening but it's more this was the album for me where it all clicked what about you it was back in let me get my dates. About right, 2012 olympic year
0: an olympic year unfortunately i wasn't here to uh Well I was here briefly, that's the whole point of this story. I was doing a placement at Q Magazine just around the time when their debut album came out and I was blown away by them. And it's interesting, because I think I may have mentioned this quite a few episodes ago. Because of how much I am a fan of Duran Duran, there is this kind of pattern that I quite like bands whose name is just the same word repeated. So uh, Django Django being another one, Everything Everything, huge fan of their work. Talk, talk, they're all right. orange orange didn't really wasn't really a fan so i it's, it was almost a given that i was going to enjoy this band and yeah that first album i was a huge fan i remember seeing them at the festivals around that time i think i've been lucky enough to see them a few times live now and i think my love for this band is going to continue
1: let's move into track eight now and um something very nice indeed uh, is in your beat
0: in your beat and I'm just going to pause for a second because Will I know you've probably got quite a lot to say about that one.
1: Well not loads to say but just that it's my favourite track on the album. I was thinking while we were listening to it it's probably the most conventional pop track on the album actually in terms of the structure and the melody in there. I think it's still got quite a bit of an experimental synthesised sound that's part of Django Django's style through this album and in their other work but at the same time I think it also it's very structured with the chorus and verses the rises and the falls in it as well yeah
0: I completely agree and I think it's very much you know sometimes you hear a track and it's not of its time but at the same time and slightly contrary to myself there's something about it that reminds me of like a 90s dance song it wouldn't it wouldn't sound out of place with a slight change of production and being a bit of a 90s dance song certainly some of the elements that make up the track. I think it's a great song. I think it's... I, re, I do remember, as I said, right at the start, I knew this was your favourite. This is the one that I said right at the start of the episode that wouldn't surprise me if it was on your top five of the year.
1: Would it is. It, it's yeah. it's in my it's in that playlist that I have. I mean, it was a single as well.
0: Yeah, the second single and a real highlight of the work show, actually. Well, it, everyone just went off. You were doing The Worm. I'd never seen you do that before.
1: That was, yeah. Such a... Such a, such a moment, it's probably one of my favourite gigs this year, at that one, because it was a unique venue, it was a band I'd never seen before perform live, and I think it was the first time, as we said, we were very well looked after, because the print works themselves were very keen to showcase the venue as a, as a, a music gig venue as well. We're on to track number nine now, The Fun Continues with Real Gone. So real gone, I love that last minute. I often say that of tracks we listen to on this podcast, where that last where it really hits a stride into the last minutes as it goes comes towards the end of the track.
0: But I think we're definitely fans of songs that, more so, songs that don't come to a sudden end but really play out. And we've said it a few times, but particularly when we see it live, to hear that outro just extended a little bit more, um, it's, it's it it just. Elon Gates, something amazing. If it is an
1: amazing song, actually.
0: But Real Gone is an amazing song.
1: It is. It's another one. It's a slow burner. I think it's one of those songs. It's five, and, five nearly six minutes there, but it could be longer. And it is longer when they perform it live.
0: But certainly some different elements to the song. It's, begin, it's very... It's, dan- it's probably more of a trance thing going on, isn't it? For the, the sort of samples that are in that, those first few minutes. And then later on, this... this piano-led part comes in, which I I have no idea how the song came together. Lads, if you're listening, would love to know more. But I imagine that maybe that melody, that piano-led melody is what came together first, and then built the rest of it around that. We'll never know.
1: We'll never know. Well, we may do. We will know. We will find out. Uh, but again, it's I love this burst of energy towards the the back end of the album. Yes. Because we have talked about albums on here which do peter out at the end. And there's nothing worse, is
0: there? I remember years ago getting albums for Christmas. I can't... I'm trying to think of an example now. Because back in the day, on my Christmas list, when I was early teens, my Christmas list would just be albums and it, I'd put 20, 30 albums on there and obviously not get them all. But I wanted... A, I had you know quite a eclectic taste in pop music and B, I like the element of surprise so I didn't want to know exactly what I was going to unwrap
1: we're on to the final track of the album now before our further listening don't forget so a couple more tracks still to come, this is track 10 on the album, it's the last one on the album proper and it's famous
0: Jaunty is a really good word to describe that song, actually, yeah. I think it encapsulates the feeling of the entire album in one track and maybe then just turns the tempo down a little bit than how that might have sounded. But And isn't that what you
1: want the first track and the last track to do?
0: Yeah, first track Marble Skies, we had this explosion of so many different styles and again, it's so many different styles on here, but yeah, just tempo turned down and yeah, ideally, an, an album opener will be upbeat and you know really get you in the mood for it and a closer will be a little bit more damby, so we've got that here.
1: Mm. The perfect bookends, you might say. The perfect bookends, uh, as you would often get in your Christmas stocking. Bookends? Yeah.
0: I didn't get bookends in my stocking.
1: You've got CDs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a whole host of them.
1: No, really good. For me, those last four tracks of the album, really, just solid.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I think, you know, you had your talking about the artwork moment with sundials but generally speaking but that was it yeah we haven't there's not been many albums over the last few weeks where we've only had one track that that has happened to and and you know that was actually probably only you that felt that
1: way okay so feedback received well i hope it has been (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we've come to the end of marble skies so further listening
0: then Further listening, our chance to delve a little bit deeper into this band's back
1: catalogue. Will, would you have to go first? I'm going to go first, and I'm going to be really predictable, actually. As per. As expected. <laughs> uh, because it's such a brilliant song, and this is going right back to the first album. And this is Default. You thought you'd set the bar I never tried
0: to work it out We just lit the fire And now you want to put it out You gave it all you got And what you've got is not a lot Why don't you hand it over Time is up, you've had your shot once again Disasters in the end It's like a default So that was Default A fine choice I think that was my first mentioned before about how I uh, remember the band from the debut album back in 2012. I think this probably was my first impression of the band.
1: This was definitely the first track I heard from them. And everything is there as it still is in their most recent album. It's quite experimental. You don't. It's very unique as well. I can't tell you another song that I've heard that sounds like that.
0: No. Equally, though, I think the, the guitar line that goes through that is quite Franz Ferdinand.
1: You, say, you did say when we were listening.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you whipped out your acoustic and tried to play along. Unsuccessfully, I might add. Guitar. Yes. Yes. But, um, yeah, great choice. And I think that song in between two songs from Marble Skies would seek perfectly. Because even though they've progressed, the, that Django Django sound is still very much there. That Django Django sound, which encompasses so many other sounds.
1: Dan, what on earth have you decided to choose?
0: Uh, I'm actually sticking with a debut album like you, so I'm a big fan of the second album, and there's a lot that I love on there. But the first song of theirs that really had an effect on me was Waveforms.
1: Were clapping along to that well, one to do the... yeah
0: as you said there's so much to enjoy there's so many layers to the song i get this real almost like egyptian theme going through it was that would you say that was
1: yeah it was it's a little bit like i don't know what that sort of music is called but uh it's at uh, the, the the you know the start i'd always laugh to myself because it sounds like do you remember blue peter they used to get like a band in playing like bin lids and, <laughs> Stop. Uh, and stuff <laughs> something like that it was a bit like that to start off with well not really but it, I always think about think of it like that
0: but I do like how different songs make different people feel different things or just remember things that aren't even related to it well, that's the beauty of music isn't it it's and that's why we do this guys oh yes yes um for me I just realized we haven't spoken about this the whole episode which seems wrong perhaps we should scrap this and start again The harmonies, Django Django's harmonies are absolutely fantastic. We heard it in Default, we heard it throughout Marble Skies, um, but in this song in particular, during those opening lines, those opening vocal lines, um, yeah, fantastic harmonies. And again, even though I think, for me, the general sound has this Egyptian thing, I don't know why I'm saying Egyptian, because I can't imagine Tutankhamun listening to this. Um, He likes
1: likes Spice Girls. (laughs) I know, I heard, yeah. Who from? Um, Cleopatra? (laughs) Yeah. Band or... Coming at you. (laughs)
0: Um, There's this real Beach Boys thing with the harmonies.
1: But we're out of
0: time. We are out of time, sadly. And sad to say this is our last celebration of 2018.
1: Yes, and we're on to... We've talked a lot about Christmas in this episode, and probably the last couple as well. But next episode... Next episode's going to land on Christmas Eve. So if... You can't wait till Christmas Day. If you're one of
0: those people who likes to open a present early. That's you. That's yeah, me. Yeah, you can't wait. Yeah, um, yeah. you've only got six days to wait until the next episode. You lucky buggers. Because there are two episodes coming your way uh, over Christmas. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Both are Christmas albums um, and released, I think, about half a century apart. Which is probably normally you'd say, can you give us a hint about next week's? Well, to say anything more would be to give it away. Please, um, we've had some fantastic feedback on the episodes, particularly from some of the producers of Shares Believe album. I don't know if we've mentioned that already. <laughs> um, so if you produce
1: this album. <laughs> <laughs> no one
0: else get in touch. But if you <laughs> worked on Marble Skies, no, we'd love to read. We love reading your comments on Apple Podcasts. We love reading your tweets
1: at Move to Trash UK hashtag Track. And any of the letters you send into our post bag as well. Yes. So that's it. Uh, You'll hear from us again in less than a week's time.
0: Only six Advent calendar days. Six gins. Six gins for you. Most people are having chocolate.
1: Six Maltesers for you. Yes. Uh, or is it lint?
0: It's Maltesers. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, so until then, I've
0: been self-esteem. And I've been a lack thereof. Goodbye.